Ahoy there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with Honey I Shrunk the Kids and roommates who don't organize their Tupperware lids. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get Big Fact and let's get No Capping. What's going on with you, buddy? Not much, man. Um, out here living my mediumist life, going to Greenville to a kid's birthday party. It was pretty Ew. fun. Great food. Great barbecue. Hey. Catered. Sounds sounds pretty dope. Yeah. Do you know this child, or was this just like a thing you crashed? <laughs> yeah, no. I, you know that movie, Wedding Crashers? I've started doing that for children's birthday parties. I'll tell you what, I actually don't know that movie, but I get the gist, and I get what you're probably going for. <laughs> well... In that movie, it was always like, oh, you know, the bridesmaids are so unhappy about, you know, not being the bride that they're easy to hook up with. But uh, same thing at a child's birthday party. There's always the friend of the, uh, there's always the friend of the mom who's like. Doesn't um, have a kid and wants a kid. Yeah, who doesn't have a kid and hasn't gotten married yet. She's like, God damn it. What am I doing with my life? I wish somebody would just have sex with me unprotected. (laughs) (laughs) Bam, I swoop in. Time to pounce. <laughs> Time to pounce. <laughs> I swoop in having no relation to anybody at the party, and then people are like, hey, what are you doing at this child's birthday party, <laughs> creepy, alone, single, older man? <laughs> Time to pounce. <laughs> You've never seen Wedding Crashers. It's definitely a movie I feel like you should see. Really influenced a lot. But one of the gimmicks is the guy who taught them how to wedding crash. Mm-hmm. When they go see him for advice... In like the third act, there's a he- training montage in this movie. <laughs> it's not a training montage. This is like Batman Begins, <laughs> but there is a there is a sensei in that sense. Um, mm. He's moved on from wedding from crashing weddings to crashing funerals to pick up on grieving women. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that is also one of those movies where I feel like there must be some YouTube essays about like everything in that movie that's so problematic now, like. I feel like in every single scene, there was, like, something that mm. would not fly nowadays. Yeah, comedy doesn't age well. Nope. It does not. There's that scene where they were crashing the gay marriage, and they were like, Hey, boy, not a fan of this one. <laughs> I think that was one of- I think there was, like, a scene in that movie where they made a joke out of, uh, a woman raping a man. Oh, well, I mean, they still do that. You can, you can get away with that. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, never mind, they, you should watch it now. Apparently it holds up. <laughs> Nobody has a problem with it. They they did that in the wrong Missy, and to, to this day, it, it is so puzzling to me that Lauren Lapkus let that happen. I don't know. I feel like that's going to be a thing she apologizes for at some point. What's the wrong Missy? That was that quarantine movie that came out with David Spade and her, uh, and he, like, meets two women by the same name and saves their number, and he accidentally texts the wrong one to go to a wedding with him, and Lauren Lapkus plays, like, a crazy woman that he went on a date with. But yeah, there's two scenes You're in the right. movie where he- Quarantine is way too late to have a scene where it's funny that a man got raped. There's two separate scenes in the movie where he wakes up with her having sex with him. And it's uh, it's insane to me that Lauren like thought that was okay. <laughs> Dude, Not talk- trying to call her out or anything, but- I was listening to a old uh, The Daily episode today about- Apparently it's just a goddamn- Is that epidem- 
I know that they, they uh, a comedy age it doesn't age well. Let me tell you about journalism. But mm. uh, they were doing a uh, report. Apparently, academia just has like an epidemic of white women pretending to be Native American women. Like it's just oh like, really? It's not just Elizabeth Warren. It's not just Elizabeth Warren. There's like mm. I don't know. They didn't try to quantify it in percentages, but it seemed like a troubling amount. Mm. It was mainly a deep dive into one case of somebody mm. who just straight up lied. Also, being Cherokee, which is so funny to me. I feel like if you lie about being Native American, don't pick Cherokee. That's the one everybody, like, learns as a kid. <laughs> that's, no, but, no, that's good, because then you can get away with it being like, no, I said, I, I misheard the question. I thought they asked me what car I own. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Well, you could do that with Navajo, too. Is it What's a Navajo? Chevy is that, Navajo? Is that not a car? Never mind. Scratch that joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I bet there's probably some cancel-worthy photos of me from the summer camp that I went to uh, when I was a kid, uh, because it was specifically, like, based on your age group, the group that you were a part of was a Native American tribe. No, that's um, what we- I was talking about that- uh, uh, oh, there's a Mazda in Navajo. Oh, nice. Um, Leave it in. <laughs> While we were listening to that episode, that's what Izzy was telling me, and I was like, yeah, that wasn't- she was talking about how, like- there's a well-known, like, uh, summer camp for rich kids that does that, that her sister was, like, a counselor at. And I was like, I don't think it's just, like, like that one example. Like, I remember that was, like, a go-to any fun, like... Was that in Texas? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. But... The one I, I went to was in North Carolina, so yeah. I was gonna say, like, I remember as a child, like, anytime you didn't want to use, like, group A, B, C, D, like, you just wanted, like, go-to fun names for groupings, they would always, like... Anytime? Just number one with a bullet? <laughs> I, yeah, kind of. Like, maybe not every single time, but, like, yeah, uh, randomly frequently, I feel like our class would, like, split up into groups, and the teacher would just be, like, offhandedly, like, you're Navajo, you're Cherokee, you're, like, just, like, assign us hmm. tribe names. I don't know if that resonates with me, but I kind of, I can kind of see it being a more general thing than... And it may have just been, like, one or two teachers I had, and obviously, like, as a kid, that really quickly yeah. extrapolates in your mind to, like, everybody does this, but... Everybody did this. <laughs> Uh, I remember it being frequent. My Boy Scout camp did the same thing, too. Mm. I didn't know you were in Boy Scouts. Uh, For one year in middle school. I learned something new about you every day. So did you make it to Eagle Scout? Uh, Yeah, I was very advanced. That's why I only had mm. to do it for one year. Just that kind of ran sense. through it. And there's so many old ladies that need to be helped across the street in Lexington, so... <laughs> And it is, like, a weird video game where all you have to do is collect enough coins or achievements, so you can just, like, start, uh, you can really just start grinding the, like, easier stuff mm -hmm. that gets you a lot of points. That makes sense. No cap. Oh my god, we definitely can't keep that in, that's such a problematic episode. It was, too, and it's one of those things where it was one that where, like, my dad, I was watching in the living room, my dad walks in and watches it, and he just thinks it's the funniest thing. <laughs> I don't know if your parents were like that. Did they ever have that? No. Where they would like watch us, uh, an episode along with you and be like, oh, this is actually pretty funny. Like, he really liked the uh, Family Guy joke where Stewie talks about meeting Jesus and he's like, yeah, I met Jesus. He said his last name is Hong. He's Chinese. It's not Christ. He has no idea where people got that from. My dad was like telling that joke to his friends at work at the water cooler because he thought it was so funny. <laughs> Although I was saying to my lab tech the other day about how he was talking about robot chicken and I was like, 
you know, I, I was surprised that I watched it because I normally didn't like shows that weren't like in any way aesthetically pleasing. But actually, the reason I stopped watching that show is because my mom walked in on me watching it and was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, yeah, I feel bad for watching this. It seems stupid. I'm, I'm stupid. I'm going to stop doing it. <laughs> I'm a stupid little doo-doo baby, Bob. You're right. I won't You're watch right. this. <laughs> My brother did that, like, classic bullying shit that, like, really, like, works its way into your mind. But I really skipped the whole, uh, phase our high school went through where everybody played Pokemon in high school, like, on their DSs. Oh, uh, yeah. I think Because in middle school, my brother once walked in on me playing Pokemon and was like, isn't that a game for babies? Shouldn't you be playing, like, Grand Theft Auto or something? <laughs> and I was like, god damn, the logic is inescapable. He's right. <laughs> I should be playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I don't think I got any of that from, from either of my siblings. Maybe from people from school, but yeah, I don't think I ever... I mean, I think my brother is... Well, he's still playing Pokemon, and probably did whenever he was... Uh, when I was in middle school, so... Yeah, and then when uh, when Pokemon really rounded back around to being uh, popular at our high school, I really just was Pokemon like, going to the polls. Oh, but then when we were in college and Pokemon Go got popular, my brother got into that, I remember. I remember being like, God damn it! No cap. Should we admit to the audience that this theme was born from the fact that you said an idea you thought was a joke and I took it seriously? Well, if you want to get really technical, it was born out of some trauma that I had this week. Okay, let's get into it. So the university has this thing called Aggie Surplus, where people will donate and like old university equipment, monitors, old computers, furniture, wet workout equipment, like all that stuff uh, gets donated to the university and they sell it really cheap to students and sometimes to the general public. And this Friday, they were doing a 400 units of uh, mini fridges with a microwave uh, free to whoever wanted them. Didn't need to use them for the university or anything like that. If you wanted a mini fridge, go there. If you can transport it, it's yours. Marshall was running his experiment, so I wasn't able to get it with him. And then Joe was working with another like uh, lab at our facility. And so we were on the way there after doing some beekeeping. And uh, I see the email that says that they're all out of it. And so this is born out of the quiet dream that I had for a hot second where I was like, we're going to get a, we're going to get a mini fridge for the lab boys. Come on. <laughs> uh, and so I think the one notable part is so Marshall did have his experiment. And so it was, he had to do something at noon and I was like, okay, well it's actually, and I realized I got the location wrong. I went to their actual main location, which is not where they were doing the giveaway. And so I told him, I was like, okay, it's a quick thing. We can, we can, we can do it before your experiment starts. And I sent him the Rick and Morty gif of like the, you know, quick adventure, 15 minutes in and out. Uh, and while we were driving and he's just talking to me about stuff and he's like, you know, thinking about that gif, you really are the Rick and I really am the Morty. And I was like, what a way to admit that you're just the beta cuck in this situation. <laughs> um, but that does kind of describe our our energy <laughs> in some ways. I mean, hey, you're the one taking him on adventures. Um, yeah. He's like doing his experiment and I'm like still drunk from last night driving over being like, come on, quick adventure. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh. It was the dream that you were gonna use it to like cool down lab equipment that needs to be cool? Oh no, this would be like beer fridge for lab. Oh, I wait. You know what? I was gonna say you guys have a lot more fun than we do in industry, but I forgot. We you guys have literally have multiple beer fridges. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never mind. I forgot about how ridiculous programming is. Yeah, software is. So that's the idea. That's why I threw it out in the blue sky thinking text chain, where. I didn't think it was a good idea for a theme, but Paul seemed to take to it. And so when I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, well, let's find out what we're actually going to do today. And Paul was like, nope, I'm standing firm. 
Dude, I, I we actually didn't know, so like emotionally I got connected to the idea. And then I was like, come on, you can't switch it up on me. <laughs> it was all in your thoughts yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like thinking about articles, I was thinking about certain segments. You went so. to bed dreaming of little sheep jumping over <laughs> in your thoughts. Okay, so mini stuff, miniature, mini, tiny, teeny, weenie. Things that are better miniature, golf, number one off the bat. Yeah. Can you believe that people actually play full-size golf? What a what a racket. I mean, they're class traders, but other than that, I believe that it happens, but I don't know what's fun about it. Um, Anybody who plays golf is counter-revolutionary. I'm going on a pod saying that. <laughs> Adrian, are you as impressed by miniature recreations of full-sized products? As I yeah, yeah. I think I told you that I went to the train museum with my parents and they had a whole uh, one of the whole wings of it was like the people that do the scale model of like a train going through a mountainous town and everything's like the little trees and all that stuff. Like I thought it was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. Yes, that's impressive. And I do love that. And I would love to talk about it. But also like consumer products, you know, when you get those mini bottles of Tabasco. That are like teeny tiny versions of the full bottle, but they're like enough for not even like a single burrito. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's a I like kind of whenever I go to Walmart going through the travel uh, or Target, the uh, travel size bottles. Yeah, I love that stuff. I don't know what about it appeals to me so much. I think the silly answer would be to say that I like to pretend I'm giant, but I don't think that's it. If I have to be 100% honest, it does sound whimsical. It sounds whimsical, but I have to say, I think thinking about it more deeply, it's the same reason like tilt shift photography where everything looks like miniatures is cool. Maybe my mind fills in the blank and I feel like it took a more effort. I don't know what it is. It's just like, it's pleasurable. It's cool to look at tiny things. What is it? Yeah, there's that. What What is that? Like that kind of series of videos on YouTube where it's like tiny cooking. Oh, where yeah. will make like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marzipan foods like, where it's like it looks like a little hamburger and a little fries and stuff. That's really It really charming. does just like hit a certain pleasure center in my brain. I don't know what it is. I think it's just aesthetic. It's just aesthetic. But you can get big versions of those things. I guess aestheticism does have to do with size as well. I don't know. I was talking to Phil about the theme earlier, and I think food is a lot of those kind of things where like, what is it? There's like oatmeal pies or something where sometimes they come in like a size that's bigger and one that's smaller and like the smaller one clearly has the better ratio of like cream filling to cookie or whatever. So there's a lot of foods. There's like foods like that where like, I don't know, sometimes sliders are better than a full hamburger because you can't really overcook a slider. So they always usually come out pretty good. Party sized candies. Um, I think I usually don't want a full candy bar and the I kind of yeah, hate it's insane like the- that people like buy king size Snicker bars as like a snack. <laughs> I mean, that's my perspective as a diabetic person, but, like, it's crazy to me that you're like, you know what, I need a foot of Snickers. No, no, even as a non-diabetic person, there's no reason to ever eat a non-party-sized candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Phil was saying that he has the similar, like, ratio argument about um, peanut butter cups. He likes them mini. Oh, interesting. No, I think he's wrong about that. I don't usually want two. I usually want one, but I would rather it be the regular-sized yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like uh, Trader Joe's does the mini uh, peanut butter filled pretzels, and I think they're much better at the regular size. Yeah. No cap. Talking about miniature things, talking about cafes, man. Let's get let's chop it up. How do you feel about espressos in those tiny ass cups? 
I think that was something that my parents had to get used to when they visited my brother in Belgium. Uh, and I, they literally FaceTimed me during one of the days that they were there. And my brother was just like, see, Adrian also drinks out of small cups. <laughs> it's normal. Because <laughs> I was drinking uh, some uh, coffee that Tin had made. And so he just poured me like a little sampler cup. But in general, I'm more of a quantity over quality thing. I kind of like the uh, morning going into lab, pouring myself the large option out of the Keurig and just having like a big cup of mud for the day. <laughs> Yeah, no, I really like good espresso, but it is like a special drink for a time when you're trying to have a special flavor drink. Day to day, I I want hot coffee and I want a large amount of it because that makes yeah. me feel the most awake. Yeah, yeah. Part Irres- of the experience is just, yeah. Irrespective of like caffeine level, irrespective of caffeine level, a large hot coffee always makes me feel the most awake just because... Yeah, the activity of drinking a large hot beverage kind of wakes you up, too. Um, okay, do we want to get into articles? It's a little bit. It's Let's a bit do long. it. All right, cool. Um, okay, I thought I had a short one, but apparently, and this is the first time this has happened, I brought in an article that I realized at the last second we have already done. Uh, so it was the uh, gentleman scholar, can I have my kid be my bartender question again? And I was like, oh, mini bartender. We've already done that? Oh, we have. Yeah, we did that one. I had to go to our website and look it up, like, Control-F to figure out when we had done it. We did it for the aging episode. I don't even know how I made that fit. Uh, damn. I don't remember any of that episode. <laughs> we have done too many episodes. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess I'll have to bring in the other article that I was going to do. It's a little bit longer, but we can go you know, through it real quick. That makes me feel like we might have done the same article twice before and just not realized it. <laughs> I, I, I would be surprised if other people hadn't picked up on that. That feels like a text I'd get from Phil or something. All right. This is from Here's the Thing. Uh, we've brought her in before. This is Sophia Benoit. I think she's Twitter famous to some extent. Yeah, or at least in the parts of Twitter I'm on, she seems to be... Uh, maybe I just follow her by happenstance, but I like her. We brought her on before in our Classism episode, Classic Ep, uh, and this one is from February 15th, 2021. My ex is having a mini-human, otherwise known as a baby, and I can't get over it. From A Perfect Angel. A couple of days ago, I found out that my ex-boyfriend is expecting a baby with his new girlfriend, and for some reason, I am super depressed about it. Some context. My ex and I dated for three and a half years, and it ended about a year and a half ago. He was my first everything. First love, first sex, and eventually first breakup. It was very mutual in the end, as we both realized it was not working out anymore, and we ended on good terms, but didn't stay in touch after. It took me some time to move on, obviously, but I have been completely over him for about a year now, or so I thought. And I have a new boyfriend for about seven months now. A few days ago, my ex's new girlfriend posted on social media that they were expecting a baby this summer, and to say I was shocked is an understatement. The only reason I found out is because she tagged him in the post. I'm not following her on any social media, and he is not very active in his accounts. First of all, we are, o- we are all only 22 years old, so this was completely out of the blue. What is she, a child bride? <laughs> uh... Uh, first, first of all, we are all only 22 years old, so this was completely out of the blue, and they have only been dating for about 10 months. It is very uncommon where I live to have children this young. Since I found out, I have been really unfocused, sad, basically on the verge of tears all the time, and the only thing I think about is him and his impending fatherhood, and I don't understand why. When he and I were together, he never showed any desire to start a family young. We both agreed that 100% I would get an abortion if we accidentally got pregnant. He talked about not wanting kids until he was settled down with an education, job, and a house. Neither him nor his girlfriend have finished college. They still live on campus, and I know he has higher aspirations than an undergraduate degree. They're both in majors that require a master's to be able to get any job in their field, so it's not like they have just a year of school left or something. 
He really didn't like kids when we were together. He babysat for his older cousins, and, and I sometimes joined him, and it was obvious he didn't really enjoy it very much. I don't know. Maybe I'm just worried that he is getting trapped into something he does not want, but that still doesn't explain why I'm so sad and shocked. I just can't imagine him as a dad, and being responsible for a person for the next 18 years of his life. I know people can change a lot in a year and a half, but I feel like this is not the person I dated, because he would never want a child at this stage in his life. I also feel like I need to clarify that I never thought about getting back together with him in any way, shape, or form. We had our problems, and it was very clear at the end of the relationship that it was over for good, and I was okay with that, and we have not been in contact since then. How do I get over this? How do I stop thinking about him as a dad and his future all the time? Okay, so this is this is a tough one, because it's literally just asking, can you untangle my emotions for me and tell me if I'm upset because I've lost this man, if I'm upset mm-hmm. because... Uh, because I think that young, if I'm upset for him empathetically, because I think young fatherhood isn't for him, or Mm -hmm. if I'm upset for some third reason. Oh, I think the easy one is, it is inherently insulting for someone to say that they don't want to have kids anytime soon, dump you, and then have them immediately have a kid with another person, because it makes you feel like you were one of the issues. That's true, yeah. So, that's another reason. She's very insistent that that's not the reason. She seems to try to be, like, kind of fielding the idea that that's going to be your assumption and saying no. It could totally be. People self-delude constantly. I don't know why. And maybe I'm putting myself in her shoes and thinking about my insecurities or my life. Mm. I think, to me, if I was feeling this, what I would attribute it to is kind of a classic growing up thing where what you're sad about is that you're seeing somebody else in your life enter the next stage of your their life and thinking about how now people are going to start having children and getting married and in a way that's kind of the death of your youth. It's like the first mm. harbinger of we're entering a new era. It's now no longer unexpected or unreasonable for somebody to maybe have a kid. And keep it. So you're saying that she's like thinking about the fact that she has to take all of her video games, put them in a box and throw them away because now she needs to be a grown up. Exactly. I'm thinking about that first time in high school, freshman year of high school or the like final year of middle school when you heard about people having sex and you were like, well, we're just babies, man. We can't have sex. I feel like she's people we know (laughs) people we know. I feel like literally she's just seeing this. And once again, this is probably be me being somewhat like a seems like projection projecting. But I feel like she's going, wait, what? People we know are having babies and, like, keeping them and shit? What the fuck? But there's also this aspect to it of it, like, he never wanted to be a father and I don't know if he wants to now. It could just be that he's being trapped in this situation and, like, that seems shitty for the child, that seems shitty for him. It could be an empathetic thing. She could be worried for him. Also, not that crazy to have a child at 22. It's very much only in America that that's like, oh, what, what, what? Child bride? Yeah. (laughs) Babies having babies, I'll tell you what. In most of the world, that's perfectly all right. That's an age where you're an adult Mm -hmm. in a lot of the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, To me, it's still scary young, but I I think any age is scary young for me because I don't want kids. So my perspective isn't super useful for this. Mm -hmm. How do you you feel about when we first started uh, seeing our friends having kids and stuff? I don't know if I I have friends who got married and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I don't know if I have friends who've purposefully had kids. Purposefully. I mean, I, I mean, like, I mean, like, oh, well, I guess you don't have Facebook because I meant like greater network of friends like, you know, has like his second child on the way, you know, like, oh, like the weird Christian like kids. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they have kids. But also, it, like, 
Like they have they have at least one child, if not two. Oh, really? That's so funny. Oh, um, yeah. Hey, you, you you stick around in that hick town that's Lexington. You're bound to pop out a couple of them little uh, rug demons. I w- I'm sure he won't give his children as many weird psychological issues as he clearly has. Sure, this is a, it's a good thing he's having children. I mean, isn't that like the theme of most cinema now is like trying to reduce the amount of trauma you pass on to your children? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you don't have any big opinions on seeing people we know having kids or whatever? No, because I don't have Facebook. I don't think I've really seen it that much. And nobody I'm close to has had a kid. I think it's like a tired, probably stand-up joke that everyone's done before. But like, I guess it's the same thing of like when people do jokes about like, yeah, I know a guy from high school who's a doctor now. And it's like, they, that guy's a doctor? That's not okay. <laughs> They shouldn't be letting him be a doctor. It's like, people probably change. They grow up a lot. You know, it's probably Dude, fine. I don't think so. I think they're probably just as lost and odd as we remember maybe. them. But they just, because of where they are positionally, both like literally as in their location. Paul doesn't believe in imposter syndrome. He actually thinks most people are imposters in their position. That's what, yeah, that's kind of, that. like, that's not <laughs> a completely inaccurate way to describe me looking around at a lot of people in this world. Mm, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of those things where if the concern is that he might not be a good father because he doesn't want to do this, you'd have to reconcile with the fact that, like, I think most parents are not good. <laughs> like, most parents are bad at what they do. So, like, you know, you know kids still survive i think there's only so many good parents in this world and none of them are american Ooh, almost that smoke so she how, how do i get over this how do i stop thinking about it okay well her question's interesting because part of it is like maybe just this isn't something you need to think that much about which isn't helpful advice but like what is at the root of like you're on the verge of tears because someone you know is having a kid that is very odd there's something and it's it's so hard to feel emotions that strong and it's like i I want to say, like, why can't you untangle them? You're the one who's feeling them so strongly. We can't tell you which one of these, like, many options for why you're unhappy is the one. You're the one who's feeling the emotion. You got to dig into why you're feeling it. If you were um, this boyfriend of seven months that she's seeing, would you strongly prefer that she write into an advice column about this or, like, ask her therapist about this than talk to you about this? Yeah, because if she talks it to seems the like boyfriend, a it's gonna it's gonna seem to him he's immediately gonna be like, "You're still in love with this guy." Yeah. And then he's gonna be like, "But I see what he saw. I also don't want to have a kid with you." You're like, you want to break up their marriage and become his new wife and be a female cuck, don't you? <laughs> it seems like, um, you know, what's the old Shakespeare quote? The lady doth protest too much with the whole yeah. uh, just a little little side paragraph. Never thought about getting back together with him. I haven't thought about him at all, and I don't want to get back together with him, but I do know who his girlfriend is, and I do track them on social media. That's what I'm going to say, is that it seems like they're still, because of a mutually agreed-upon uh, end to their relationship, they're still on pretty okay terms. Yeah. Do you think she feels judged? A little bit, yeah. As a bad mother? Not as a bad mother, but maybe as a bad potential mother? Bad potential person to make a baby with? I don't know. Uh, start posting on social media how you're living up your 20s and thriving, and get a pet dog and be like, wow, really raising my new fur baby. Yeah, become a woo girl and talk about your fur baby. That's the coolest thing you can do. They say the best revenge is living a really cool life like that. (laughs) Okay, let's get back on how this has anything to do with mini things before we read the answer. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Oh, because they're having a child and that's a miniature version of you? A miniature version of him, yeah. Mm. 
I will say maybe this is one where we should have done my column first. Mine's a little bit more co- concentrated on the mini aspect. <laughs> well, I forgot. I had that whole dilemma, like I said, about realizing we were going to redo a column, which, boy, oy, whenever we get caught doing that in the future. Boy, oy, oy. <laughs> should have kept up with that spreadsheet. My advice to her is, like, only intervene if they start posting weird photos where, like, she, the white, the girlfriend wears a shirt that says, like, I've got a bun in the oven. And he wears a shirt that says, like, I made the dough or something like that. Unless they start being weird like that, I don't think you need to intervene. Yeah, or if they do, like, a, like, baby loading because they're gamers or whatever. Or mm-hmm. they have two, a pink controller and a blue controller and a little tiny baby controller. Or if they do a thing where, like, when the baby comes out, which is what it's called, um, and they start dressing him in, like, uh, little lady killer clothing. And it's like, why are you sexualizing a baby? Why are straight people so weird? <laughs> Is that like are the streets okay material? That's that. That's uh, yeah. They're really big on that kind of stuff. All right. Anything else? Nah. This is a long answer, so I'm gonna see if we can. We're gonna do another little kind of coming through it. Um, but I'm sure Sophia's words should be read in full. So if you'd like to do so, please click the link in the description. But here we go. I love this letter because these kind of things happen to all of us at some point or another. It's just such a human thing what you're describing. It's funny that she describes it that way, and Paul and I are both like, nah, never felt this emotion before. <laughs> Human? You mean... Human? Human. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I cannot tell you how often a person prepares themselves so much for the grief or sadness of a big ending or change, but fails to expect a tiny, relatively insignificant thing to bowl them over emotionally. Although fails is the wrong word, because there is no way to prepare to being unmoored by something surprising like this. You just are. So often, the detail that snags our heart is shocking to us. Why am I hung up on this? Um, let's see. Maybe this will be funny. As a rather bizarre, perhaps extreme example, I once went to camp with a guy whom everyone had a crush on, but on whom I did not. He was nice enough, I guess, but not my type. We had been in the same camp for two years and a few months, and after one session we were all back home and had no contact with one another, I had a sex dream about him. Then, two weeks or so later, he died unexpectedly. (laughs) Holy shit, can you imagine finding out you have that superpower? (laughs) If I fuck you in your dreams, you die for real. (laughs) And for some unknown reason, my brain kept being like, holy shit, the sex dream. (laughs) I don't know why. I had plenty of memories that this guy was vaguely in that was not in the dream that I had. I wasn't even particularly close to him, and and the thought of him being dead was horrifying to me. And more than grief, I felt shocked that I kept thinking about him and the sex dream. It just felt weird to me. Anyway, my point is... The brain gets stuck on things all the time. Sometimes there's a reason. You feel very nervous every time you speak with your boss because he reminds you of an abusive friend you used to have. You're obsessing over how your email sounded because you're feeling insecure about if you're friendly enough. You get more irritable than normal about a friend being late to show up because you're worried they don't care enough about you. Sometimes there is something behind the fixation. And sometimes the brain just gets stuck. It's not a grand thing. It's not you not being over your partner. You found out surprising information, and it surprised you. But she's and it's not about just thinking about it a lot. She's crying, right? She's on the verge of tears, yeah. Yeah, like, that's different than just, like, that's different than, damn, I can't get it out of my mind. It's a little bit more profoundly, yeah. like, meaningful. I don't know. And it's about someone who played a huge role in your life. I forgot how long they said they dated. What was it, like, a year and a half? Yeah. Yeah, that's not a huge role in your life. Oh, I guess the whole, like, he was my first everything thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, yada, 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 skip, skip, skip. Okay, four paragraphs in and here we go. So that's the beginning of my answer. And now for the advice portion. Give yourself a break. I don't think this means anything at all. I don't think it means you want him back or anything. 
I don't think it means you want kids or don't want kids or that your current partner is bad or not enough. I don't think it means much of anything at all, other than the person that you once knew so much about is making big decisions without you, and it's surprising. When my sister got engaged, I remember having this wave of surprise, sadness, left-outedness, shock, I don't know, that somehow I wasn't involved in the decision. We live in different cities. She's a full adult. She's been with her partner for eight years and they owned a house and I knew it was coming. And still it felt weird that someone I had done everything with until the age of 14 was making a huge life choice without me. When you feel weird about feeling weird about something, you end up spending double the time feeling weird about it. So accept that this is weird for you and try to label the thoughts as they come in. Okay, we're thinking about Diego again. That's definitely not her ex's name. Okay, we're thinking about Diego again. Yes, it is weird that he's going to be a dad. Okay, got it. Thank you, Brain, for letting me know. Time to make dinner. Don't dwell. Don't give yourself space to fixate. But also, don't worry about your brain bringing this up a lot. It was a surprise and your brain is surprised. Imagine if you come home and your entire house had been painted pink with no warning. Every single wall bright pink. Your brain would want to think about that a lot. Last of advice, uh, mute him on social media. Try not to beat yourself up over how weird you find this and focus on yourself and your life and what direction you want that to go in. I swear to you, in a few months, you will not be thinking about him often. And when you do, it may still shock you that he's a dad, but it won't consume you. You will move forward too. All right, Sophia Benoit. I like the practical advice. I like the practical advice. Mute him on social media. The other part, I do think there's probably a more cause and effect reason than just like it's unknowable. Because I think if you're Mm -hmm. on the verge of tears, that's more, I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting again, but to me that that usually is a more meaningful connection or emotional reason. When something is just stuck on my mind, that could be subconscious to the point where, okay, I don't know why it's stuck on my mind or why I'm having like these intrusive thoughts. But when I'm on the verge of tears, I feel like I usually, it's past the point of intrusive thoughts and there's like a pretty explicit reason. But that might just be me personally about how I think you're hung up on that because of your particular threshold. Like, I think the only time you've been on the verge of tears is when you saw your dad cry and you're like, I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, let's get into what that means for my masculinity and for my sense of manhood. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready for your article? I am. Okay, Adrian, I'm bringing in the New York Times, The Ethicist. And this is somebody who's- uh, I don't know if it's always the same person, but we've definitely had There's Kwame. a couple iterations of it. Oh, yeah. yeah, we've had Kwame before for the shirtless running one. Yeah, Kwame Anthony Apia before answering a question. So for this miniature question, I was thinking, let's bring in everybody's favorite miniature animal, the teacup pig. Hey. I am in a profession where I often go to people's houses to work with their children. I have one client whom I like very much and who has requested my services a number of times. But whenever I leave that client's house, I find myself troubled. This family has a teacup pig, which lives with them in a medium-sized apartment. I consider myself an animal lover, and it so happens that I have looked into the fad of teacup pigs. I know that they are really piglets of a larger variety, the potbelly pig, which are unintentionally underfed by owners who have been led by dishonest sellers to believe that the pigs need to eat less than they really do. Right now the pig is small, perhaps 10 to 15 pounds, but I know it will keep growing and that the lowest healthy weight for a full-grown teacup pig is about 60 pounds. A potbelly pig can easily grow to more than 100 pounds. I asked the family how big the pig would get, thinking perhaps they knew the facts and had some plan. They told me that they expect it to remain the same size it is now. 
The worst part? They often remark that the pig is acting hungry. I imagine they feed him two small amounts they were directed to by the seller. I believe that this family loves the pig very much and that I am witnessing an unintentional act of animal cruelty. But I am in a quandary. Should I tell them that they are unwittingly mistreating their beloved pet? I worry that I would be overstepping my professional bounds. People can be very touchy when it comes to their pets, and I want to maintain cordial relations with them for the sake of my continued employment. Do I have an ethical obligation to tell them the truth about the teacup pigs? Oh, man. People are touchy about their pets. Mm-hmm. Well, Adrian, like this person put it, they are in a quandary. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's talk about Wilbur. Let's chop it up. Um. <laughs> Or Abner. What should we call a pet pig? I think Abner's the one from uh, Hey Arnold. I uh, Is there a way where you can do like anonymous tips to the animal To a family? Board? No, most of them don't have little boxes for you to write uh, write your review on and leave You don't it. think you could like send PETA in there anonymously? <laughs> oh, oh, like to a higher authority. I thought you meant like a box that the family keeps. So wait, there's another thing too is like, I know that it was in an episode of How I Met Your Mother that Lily really wants a teacup pig. In that episode, do they talk about whether or not, like, the issues of having a teacup pig, or is it just played for a joke in a sitcom? Well, as one of the writers for How I Met Your Mother, I would absolutely know the answer to this question. I, was, I, I thought it was like your favorite show. I thought you definitely know that. No, you know my favorite show is... Ted Lasso! Okay, come on, hey. buddy. You know. You know what's up. Uh, you know what hour it is. Okay, because... Uh, I was going to say you could try and like do that. You could be like, hey, do you guys like How I Met Your Mother? This is a really good episode. <laughs> Season five is really good. You should check out the first 15 episodes. Um, if you wanted to be more subtle about it. But like, I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, how I much? think you have to tell them. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm saying is you, you have to decide. You have to your, find a way to tell them. Your comfort with this family's comfort, your your willingness to let this comfortable, this family remain comfortable Versus your willingness to allow an animal to be mistreated its entire life. Yeah, you absolutely have to tell them, but I agree you have to be, you have to do it the right way because this would absolutely piss a lot of people off. Yeah, yeah. I think what's funny about this is a lot of people would pretend, ask the question that they would be okay with it. But, you know, if you ask somebody like, would you want to know this information? They'd be like, of course, I would never hold it against the person. But come on, we know how, we know how white families are. They would absolutely hold it against the person. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to see if we can test the limits of that in some way. Like, is there a more common, like, mundane kind of abuse that people do with their dogs or whatever, where you're like, oh, you know, people do that, and I don't bring it up because I'm not going to be that guy that, like... Well, uh, choke leashes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how... But that's one of the things where, as somebody who's not an animal person, it's like, how bad is a choke leash? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't really know. Is it as bad as any leash? Is it slightly better at keeping them restrained, but about a normal Mm -hmm. leash? I, I don't know. I've heard people say similar things about crates, but then yeah. I've heard other people tell me that crates are actually like a safe space for the dog and they feel way happier in there because they have That's their own. just them using woke language to try and mislead you. You know what I mean? Some people are like, oh, dogs feel safer with their own like place in the house they consider their home. Like it's a natural yeah. habit for them to like find a nice enclosed dark space to sit in. Declawing What's another cats one? and other stuff. Declawing cats is definitely immoral. That's not, but yeah. uh, leaving cats home for a long period of time alone, 
Oh, he felt like, damn, that cat must be miserable. You really just shouldn't have a cat if you have to leave it home for, like, three, four days at a time frequently. Well, that's the thing, is that they're sold for that. Like, they're basically like, oh, if you don't want to, like, really take care of an animal, get a cat. I know, but it makes me feel so bad. I'm like, there's, I don't know, but so many cat owners do it, and people are insistent that it's okay. I don't, I don't know. Feels bad to me, but I, I, like, what am I gonna do? Take a moral stance against something I don't know that much about? Yeah, you can make yourself look like an ass if you do that. Uh... There's a double thing here. There's Dora Lee, who I've mentioned before in another episode, likes to use me as like, a, Adrian says this about dogs, and he's an animal behaviorist. <laughs> and it's like, my specialty is not dogs. I study social insects. Um, and then also another person in my life who's like, she'll uh, ask me about pet stuff, and she'll be like, oh, you know what you're talking about. You're a behaviorist. And I'm like, I, I don't look up, care, or care to know anything about cat behavior, dude. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm talking out of my ass when I say that like dogs or cats shouldn't do this or should do this. I know D. Claw. The only thing I can say. Okay. I know that's definitely not okay. And this is obviously not available to other people in other situations. I was very content with our style of having dogs, which is we had dogs. They lived outside. They could go wherever they want, and they would just come home for dinner. And I think that's a cool way to have a dog. I don't know. But a lot of people they'll say that. It's your social responsibility to not, like, let them go get hit by a car or... or well, they were smart. They like, weren't dumbasses. Well, what, what were they doing to the local wildlife? They oh, better they have been spayed and neutered. Were they spayed and neutered? If they weren't, yeah, that's a course. real bad look. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. But in this situation, it seems like he's done the research and he knows it is explicitly immoral. So if what uh-huh. he's saying is true, he has to tell them. That's Is there a way to take a accusation and make it into a mini accusation <laughs> should he be like oh i just read this really cool uh article in the new york crimes uh you guys should check it out <laughs> and point them to this that's what the advice columnist should say they should say it turns out you didn't get a teacup pig you got a mug pig you got like a you got a fucking stein pig <laughs> that thing's 64 ounces so that's crazy i didn't know that like I knew teacup pigs were considered immoral, but without having done any research on them, I always just kind of assumed that they were, like, immoral in the same right, way. Right, in like, a way that was, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, no, it's, this is one of those things where, like, I think lizards are the same way, where, like, lizards are more moral because they've kind of evolved to basically fit the enclosed space that they have. So, uh, they, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they put energy into growth based on how big their enclosure is. Mm. Um, so they, in a much more moral way, like aren't meant to fit any specific end goal. They're just kind of chilling wherever they are. So what you're telling me is that Godzilla could happen if we left a lizard under the ocean for a long enough period of time? Yeah. Damn. That's crazy, man. Yeah, ain't no law that lizards can't get that big. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I didn't know this about teacup pigs until reading this. That's really crazy. I don't know. I mean, they... They just won't grow if you don't... Damn, I feel like a human would die, right? Like, it's not like a human would stay a baby their whole life if you just didn't feed them enough, they would just die. Oh, no, what do you mean? That's, like, literally one of the things about anorexia is, like, they, like their puberty, like, they is delayed by them not getting enough nutrients. Oh, damn. Okay, never mind, never mind. Yeah. Man, I don't know much about anything, do I? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't know nothing about raising no babies. <laughs> I mean, this is the cost of them wanting to have a hipster fat pet, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't even call it hipster. This is definitely more of a mainstream fad. This is definitely more a normie fad. Was it? Did you know anybody with a teacup pig? No. But I think normie people were in on the fad. I don't think, like, mm. I don't think the dude was coming home from building his, uh, like, antique furniture and mm. 
working at the craft brewery to their teacup pigs. I feel like right. this was definitely like a Pinterest Instagram sort of fad. Tiny versions of pigs. Tiny dinosaurs? Those are just birds. Those are okay. You can keep those. Mm-hmm. TDs? Those are just birds. TPs? Tiny pandas? Those are just baby pandas. Well, it sounds like he actually knew more than I did about this thing, which I guess I kind of just had cursory knowledge of, but he said it's a pot-bellied pig. Is there like a specific species that is actually smaller? I would assume not. Wouldn't they just sell that? No, because the mastermind behind it was someone whose family was killed by pigs, and so he's trying to get his revenge on the entire pig (laughs) species. Yeah. A Cruella sort of thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. In the gritty reboot. My mother was killed by Dalmatians, so I hate those damn Dalmatians. Mm. All right. Any other thoughts? Any last thoughts? No. Yeah, I think you, you got to tell him. I think Paul's right. That's just kind of the long and short of it. What do you think the reaction would be? Do you think it'd be like, a, oh, you think I didn't do my research about this? What if they do a Uno reverse and they're just like, actually, we know we're torturing this pig and that's part of the enjoyment. <laughs> that's why my kids wanted it. <laughs> they're like, please, daddy, can we get a teacup pig? I promise I'll not feed it every day. <laughs> Please, Daddy, I promise not to love it. <laughs> I promise to hurt it every day. And then they're like, now part of this sick game of enjoyment for us is knowing how much it hurts you <laughs> as an animal lover. And now we're going to trap you in our basement and underfeed you. <laughs> <laughs> Until you become a tiny version of a child this, psychologist. <laughs> this just became a Michelle Heineke film. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which film? The White Ribbon? <laughs> No. Uh, funny games. Amour? <laughs> oh, funny games. Okay. Answer. If you're right, this pig is suffering from hunger and malnourishment, and its owners don't know. Because animals can't speak, it's especially important that we speak for them. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Paul cutting in here to this answer. They ever heard of a goddamn parrot? <whistles> These owners, in your view, don't mean to harm their pet. So in theory, they ought to be grateful to you for bringing the facts to their intention. In reality, as you fear, they might be chagrined. <laughs> they might be chagrined and reluctant to see you again. Much comes down to diplomacy. You can say that coming to know their pet led you to explore what you heard about the breed, and then tell them what you found out. When it comes to the treatment of animals, Jeremy Benson captured the essentials more than two centuries ago. The question is not, can they reason, nor can they talk, but can they suffer? Damn. Who will speak for the... Those who can't speak for themselves. Do you think they should add a uh, UFC weight class called Teacup? <laughs> yeah, Featherweight never really got the, uh, well, no. It because- sounds just as insulting, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't want to, we don't want to make the Teacup pig more popular. Oh, you're right, you think that's what would happen? Yeah, I think if they made it the Teacup League, people would want Teacup pigs. That's free advertising. It's that subliminal thing? <laughs> it's crazy that that type of pig was named after the thing that they could fit in is that true i don't know there's always pictures of teacup pigs inside of a teacup that seems like it was the other way around uh, that makes more sense if, if they had called it like a coconut pig there'd be pictures of people having it in a coconut that would be adorable that i imagine the pig with a little umbrella the there too like yeah a, like using a little like, umbrella as a hat is this something that we can solve with science now? Can we genetically engineer a perfect tiny pig? Maybe. Maybe there's not money for it. I don't know. Because isn't that what, like, dogs are, right? Like, they're just showing all the 
like genetic signs of uh infancy for their entire life and that's what Mm -hmm. makes them dogs and not what makes them endearing yeah and could we not do that for pigs like figure out a way to just keep them infant pigs forever never go through puberty through some like genetic flip the Jesus, yeah, I guess we could. <laughs> do can we, we want to do that? Can we not Casper this shit? Well, I mean, if it's... If you mean Crisper or Casper the ghost? <laughs> I meant Crisper. But I think it would be funnier if we also Caspered the ghost them, which I don't know what that means. Maybe well, he died as a kid, them. so he was famously a kid his entire life. Afterlife. <laughs> what if we use Crisper to give them Casper syndrome? That gets confused. That becomes a tongue twister way too quickly. <laughs> uh, but no, what if we use Crisper to keep them in infancy their whole life? I guess that would be immoral in a whole different way. Yeah, that's fucked up, bro. Can they suffer? I think they can in that state. I mean, it would be better than underfeeding them, right? If they're gonna be popular, we might as well make a version of them that is. Oh, I like this argument. Hungry. It's like a gun control argument. It's like they're gonna be around <laughs> either way. Like, <laughs> okay, damn it. Maybe you're right. Okay, okay, you're right. You're right. I mean, that's also one of the ones that goes both ways. Like, that's the abortion argument too. Is like people are gonna get abortions. You might as well make it safe. So I don't know. It's not technically like a trump card, really. And you are always playing those trump cards because he's your favorite president. No, no, no. The lying New York, the failing New York Times that Paul brought in <laughs> treat me so unfairly. All right, Adrian, you ready for our third segment? I am. Are you ready for this third segment? Because you're the one who doesn't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I'm always ready, buddy. Come on. You know we have all a great right, time. Right. So this is about many things. It's a quiz about many things. Um, Paul, if you were to, um, let's say... Want to know the full plot of a book? What what could you get to like give you that in a much shorter amount of time? A movie. Okay, that's a good guess. I didn't give you really good directions. A summary is what I was looking for. Oh, okay. A Wikipedia you could, entry. You, you could get a summary of that book. Mm-hmm. What I have done is I have pulled... Cliff Notes? Tw- I have pulled 20. This is a phenomenon on the internet. This is... A, I found out there's a subreddit for it, so that made this much easier. Explain a film plot badly. Oh, okay, okay. So these are 20 badly explained summaries of a movie, many versions of that movie, but purposely made to obfuscate certain things that it's hard to figure out what it is. So each of these is like their own little puzzle. Some are harder than others, um, but these are all taken from kind of the top all of to- of all time um, posts on this subreddit. So uh, with your permission, Paul, I would like to quiz you on 20 of these. How many do you think you're going to get right? I'm not sure. I think... The ones that I will get right, it's because I'll have heard a version of the joke before. Like, sure. famously, for a long time, one of the top posts on Reddit was somebody doing this with Scooby-Doo about, like, my like where the last sentence made it clear it was about Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. But before that, it was about, like, my stoner friend is always pissing me off. Mm-hmm. So I think if you kind of, like, delve into the realm of things where I've kind of heard that joke about that media, I'll get it pretty easily. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I could see it being iffy, so I'll do, if you did 20, you know what? I'm going to be a little cocky on this one, and I often am, and say that, uh, yeah, let's do, uh, let's do 13. Let's say I'll get 13 of them. All right, you can keep score. Okay. Here's number one, and this is a good kind of example, uh, once you realize the answer for... If you don't understand the concept yet, it becomes pretty obvious. Here's the description, the summary, the mini plot. Man isn't qualified for the job, but he needs it nevertheless. So he seals a pact with a strange creature to grant him the power to get through the challenges ahead. Oh god, this is so vague that it bodes badly. Man isn't ready for the job, but he needs it. But he it needs nonetheless. it nonetheless. So he seals a pact with a strange creature. 
to grant him the power to get through the challenges ahead. I don't know why in my mind I was thinking, is it Space Jam? But no, that doesn't really fit at all. Is it Ghostbusters? No. I don't, and it's one of those things where not having a right answer, I can't even do like a, oh, maybe this, let me just throw it into the air because like- I will I, tell you this, the if creature is not- you had a right not, answer, you would know what it I'll, I'll give you a hint. The creature is not supernatural, it's just something that exists on Earth. It's just a, a, an animal. You could literally switch it with animal. Uh, it's not Ted or Paddington. Oh man, this is going to take too long. I'm going to, I'm going to give up. I don't know. All right. Yeah. I was about to say, we should probably set like a time limit on this. Um, this is Ratatouille. Damn it. Ah. Okay. Here we go. Had to include this one. This might be a hint for you. I don't particularly like get this or understand it, but people seem to like it. Religious cult uses a child soldier to blow up a corporation's headquarters so that they can restore the monarchy. Oh, uh, Star Wars. Final answer? Yes. Okay, there is no movie called Star Wars, I don't think, so. Star Wars Episode 6 and 7, A New Hope, and The Empire Strikes Back, and- Hey, A New Hope, yeah, you got it. Alright, so that's one for you. Good job. I don't think I would have gotten that one. I feel like that is one of the more meme like, widespread ones. The um, Jedi being a religious thing is the meme part that clued mm-hmm. me to it, because the idea that the Jedi are a religious cult is often, like, a joke. Alright, man finally gets head from his wife while a black guy watches. Man finally gets head from his wife while a black guy watches. Okay, I'm thinking that this is going to be a joke about getting head, not being literally like getting a blowjob, but like... I like how you think getting head means literally getting a blowjob. It's like it's not inherently (laughs) metaphorical. Oh, I guess you're right. God damn it. I'm one of those people who's who's using literally wrong. No, technically both definitions are now established. You're on the right track. Is the okay? I was gonna say, is the joke about this? Is this? Can I ask you? Is this actually a description of the main plot of the movie, or are they purposefully picking like a real subplot or just one scene? They're picking what might be the most famous scene. Okay. So it's not an unfair way to describe the movie. I don't know. Once again, I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go on a mini rant about this. Uh, this is the movie S E Seven E N. Uh, what's uh, in the box? A- a- apparently, they thought that the seven could stand in for a V, which, like, no, that's not. It's not like a three and an E. Like, that's not close enough. You can't do that. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say new rule. That's not allowed. That's not allowed. <laughs> this movie is officially called SE Seven N. In fact, sevens famously can be T's more readily than they can be V's. Absolutely. Okay, I think you're gonna get this one. So you're uh, what is it? One for two, two for three, I don't one know. for three. Four New Yorkers get stranded on a tropical island, and one of them tries to turn it into a Donner party when he gets high and has a really bad case of the munchies. Oh, uh, Madagascar. Boom, Paul. Threw in some easy ones for you. Don't worry about you. I got you covered, baby. All right. Easy peasy for Paul. Here's the next one. Popular jock has anger issues, drops out from school, marries his high school girlfriend, and becomes a cop. The last part has been become has become a much more recent meme now that the uh, media is not uh, as beloved as it used to be. Wait, is that saying that they're not? A- okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, and becomes a cop. Do they become like literally like a police officer, or do they become a cop in the sense that they join the FBI or some other branch of law enforcement? Can I ask you that? I think it's more like that latter situation, if I understand. But I don't actually know this material. Drops out of high school, marries his high school sweetheart. Drops out of school. Oh, God. These are, this is really hard, man. Um, I don't know this material because I don't fuck with that turf shit. 
Oh, shit. Okay, okay, okay. We're talking about Harry Potter, even though I don't think yep. that... Okay. It's Harry Potter. Well, we I don't fuck with that turf shit with a big hint, but thank you, Adrian. You, you could tell I needed it. You're welcome. Does that resonate with you now that you... Because you actually know the material pretty well, right? Do you think sort that's of. an unfair description? I wouldn't call Hogwarts a high school. He starts when he's 11, I, first I, off. Yeah, oh. okay. I guess you're right. You said drops out of school. Jock, but I marries guess, his high school girlfriend, so... Jock, I think, is a more of a cultural term than, like, just being good at sports. You think I they'd th- call him, like, the uh, UK equivalent, which is, like, a woozer? I think that was a little bit of a flip. Maybe, like, athlete, popular athlete, or mm. popular kid would be more appropriate. But you know sure. what? This subreddit He's- lives and dies on those little flips, so... That's true. All right. Here's another one that I think is kind of an easy one, but, you know, I don't want to influence your your thinking. A father is widowed when a serial killer cannibalizes his wife. This also kind of uses like a mischaracterization. A father is widowed when a serial killer cannibalizes his wife and most of his children. Months later, after losing his last disabled son due to a boating incident at sea, a mentally challenged woman is his only hope to find him. Oh, uh, Finding Nemo. Yep. Easy one. Easy one. Serial killer it really is a misnomer for that, but okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one. The town's most eligible bachelor gets turned down by a girl who's into furries, so he tries to kill her new boyfriend. This one commits the cardinal sin of just choosing a new point of view for the plot to be done from. This is not the main character. Okay, so the main character is probably the furry then, so it's probably... Uh, I think I don't know. The town's most eligible bachelor, handsome man. There's another one where furry kind of gets thrown around in a way that's like not nearly as literal and very like metaphorical. So he tries to get the whole town to kill her new boyfriend. Oh, uh, okay, okay, Beauty and the Beast. Hey, there you go. Okay, cool. That simple fix made it a lot easier for you. How are you doing, point-wise? One, two, three, four, five, but I don't know. This is one where you're being a little hinty, but I I guess I need it. They're very hard. Yeah. A group of school teachers take their new friend to beat up a Holocaust survivor and his buddies. Teachers take their new friend. I wonder if this is living on the idea that Holocaust survivor can kind of count as a Nazi guard. Like a few, you think very- in a lot of like former Nazis were ranked teachers that said like I survived the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 on a technicality, it's true. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, the coolest Nazi guard is the one who tries to convince <laughs> you. It's like, hey, hey, I'm also a Holocaust survivor. Uh, a group of school teachers hunts mm-hmm. down a, a Holocaust survivor. Take their new friend to beat up a Holocaust survivor and his buddies. Why would a whole group of teachers have a single new friend? Is it is this a school of rock? Like, why would one teacher be? I'm 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 thinking that it's school of rock. All right, I was going to give you a pretty good hint that wasn't super giveaway, but uh, this is X Men. Oh, yeah. I was say I was going to say that like it's pretty like famous that the person is actually a Holocaust survivor. Survivor. Next one. Rich kid leaves home due to abusive uncle, gets adopted by nihilistic gay couple. Lion King. Oh, wow. Was that the one you seen before? No, I just, like, I kept, I've been thinking Lion King for all of them. I just kind of am going through, like, movies, because you said these were the top of all time, so I'm going through in my head, like, movies that would be 
talked about that would get upvoted this much so they're like generally known films i think this is also something where i'm giving away some of the other ones but like it really seems to be focused on children's animation seems to be like the real like how can i take a plot that's seemingly innocuous and really kind of like yeah like the seven one was kind of the exception to the rule rather than the rule all right here we go an overweight chef slaughters a snow leopard because his turtle died this feels so literal it's like how can you flip this it's like, is there a way to make it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? But I don't think there's any snow leopard or overweight chefs. Yeah. Um, animation, overweight chefs, Chef Boy RD. Uh-huh. I don't know. All right. This is Kung Fu Panda. Damn. That panda is an overweight chef. Mm-hmm. He loves them nudes. Skadoosh. A retired Olympian is harassed by a telekinetic monster. This might be the hardest one. A retired Olympian is harassed. Do you want me to oh, give you a big... Maybe they mean Olympian as in, like, Titan, like, like a Greek Olympian, like uh, a Olympian god. Maybe this is Hercules. Um, Do you want a hint? Yeah. It's live action. So it used to be a... Live action meaning it used to be a cartoon and then... No, just, it's live action. It's not animated. Okay. I I just feel like people never specify something's live action unless it used to be a cartoon. That's so interesting. No, mostly just because most of these have been cartoons. Okay. I don't know if that's super helpful. Live action. Directed by Danny DeVito. Oh, 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 Matilda. Hey, Paul, there you go. Well, that's a big hint. That really narrows down the scope. <laughs> How many things has he directed? I don't even know. I don't know. That Honestly, and Hoffa. I thought that was more of a niche thing. I didn't think... He has a Jimmy Hoffa movie? Come on, now. That movie's incredible. You should definitely watch Hoffa if you haven't seen it. Okay, okay. I will. I will. I will. All right, okay, Paul, next. we got, I think, half left to go. You want to keep moving through these? Mm-hmm. I know you know this movie. That's my one hint for you. I'm not going to give you any more. Unless you ask for it really nicely. If you beg. If you beg on your knees. Um, Skinny Kid Makes a Black Friend, Father Doesn't Approve. And it's a movie, not a show. Okay. There's only one show in this entire list, and I'll I'll let you know when it's the show. So this isn't Static Shock. It's that one episode of Static Shock, (laughs) where the white dad's like, I don't like rap music. And he's like, actually, rap music can be very educational. It's like, you don't need to make that argument. You can also just talk about rap being an art form. Skinny Kid Makes Black Friend, Dad Doesn't Approve. Father Doesn't Approve father doesn't approve is that an important distinction it's like uh no i'll just give you exact wording oh my gosh that's not everybody hates chris do you want a hint yeah we're back in animation town yeah i was was and i don't mean that it's live action and then went to animation i just mean that it's (laughs) animated i don't know i don't know this is How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that. I don't think about that. That was a good movie when I watched it, but I don't think about that movie a lot. Mm. I thought you were going to say I don't see color, so I wouldn't have known that that was a black dragon. <laughs> I also watched that movie in black and white because I was going through my artsy phase where I saw every movie became more artsy if I watched it without color. So I just assumed he was like a sweet red color. That's funny. Um, okay. Stylish black guy shows nerd how to spend less time online and get a girlfriend. Yeah, so it's not Ferris Bueller's Day Off because it's a stylish black guy who teaches a well, nerd how to have spend a good less time. time online. That's the thing I was focusing on is that people weren't online in Ferris Bueller, and it's not Hitch, which is what someone guessed in the comments. 
I'm trying to think of movies where like the arc is that there's a character that's like digital. I was thinking of like Wreck It Ralph or something where like there's a digital character that's literally online and pulled into uh, the real world. But hmm. I don't think that's the twist of this. That's not a bad guess, I'm not gonna lie. Can you restate it one more time? Stylish black guy shows nerd how to spend less time online and get a girlfriend. Okay, my best guess is Ready Player One. This is The Matrix. Oh, damn. Yeah, you were really onto it for a second with that whole, like, person online, literally in real life or whatever, but I think in the opposite way. Okay. Guy's wife dies, so he gets high. Up. Easy one, easy one. All right. Next one, here we go. TV series. A uh, 112-year-old man grooms 14-year-old girl under the watchful eyes of her 16-year-old brother. Oh, I was about to say Twilight, but there's no 16-year-old brother. Okay. 112-year-old man grooms 16... 16- TV series. Oh. Okay, restate it. 112-year-old man grooms 14-year-old oh, girl. Avatar The Last Airbender. I was about to say, I'm surprised you didn't get that as quickly as you got up. That's a, that's a little bit shameful. All right. A couple more. Uh, so as we're going down the list, we're going from most up, least upvoted to most upvoted. So we're getting more kind of obscure and uh, obfuscated as we're going, I think would be the general trend. Little guy works overtime while also stealing body parts from his dead co-workers before ditching his job to go on a cruise with his unconscious girlfriend. Little guy works overtime while also stealing body parts from his unconscious co-workers? From his dead co-workers. Before ditching his job to go on a cruise with his unconscious girlfriend. This is definitely an animated movie about an animal because there's no other way this makes sense. I need to think of what animal takes body parts. Little guy. Okay, miniature. I see I see what you're doing here with this little guy being miniature. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty small boy. Uh, maybe it's like some sort of robot thing. Oh, maybe it's a Wally. Oh, was that your guess? Yeah. Uh, Waleed, the guy we went to high school with? <laughs> yeah, our, our friend Waleed, the Arab dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is Wally, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Nice. Okay, there are three left, so I can make my goal of 13 because I just hit 10. Honey, there's four left. You got all the time. <sighs> oh the my god. <laughs> but it's only getting harder. Here we go. So this is kind of a meme from a meta joke in this community, and I'll explain it afterwards. In pursuit of ultimate power, a purple being must have a young woman's sacrifice. At the end of the film, the purple being achieves ultimate power, but is severely wounded in the chest by a vengeful prince. When you said in the pursuit of ultimate power, I really wanted to say Dragon Ball Z or like, uh, what's the other one that people like? The Goku one? Dragon Ball? Oh, is that Dragon Ball Z? Okay, but yeah. Did you not did you not know Goku was in Dragon Ball? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, but this is a movie. I know they made movies for that. Can you restate this one? I'm gonna have to say, because of the purple being thing and the sacrificing a young woman, I think that all happens in Avengers, either Endgame or the other Avengers film. So I'm gonna say the Avengers films. I don't really know what the prince chest thing is all about. That would be uh, Thor. Because Thor is the Prince of Asgard. And he hits him in the chest. I don't remember that, but I'm sure it happened. I don't know either, because this was a joke about how everyone tried to do Endgame and Infinity War things. And so this is a person who did a very similar thing by using the Little Mermaid. Ah, damn it. 
Mm-hmm. So this was a purposeful meta thing in the community, like making a joke about how every like they they banned uh, Endgame and uh, like what other Avengers movies from this subreddit because uh, people kept doing it. All right, you got three more to complete your goal, Paul. I think you can do it. You get two more hints if you want them. There's only three left. Boy goes on a trip to meet his family and leaves once he ensures two of his relatives are going to have sex. Back to the future. Locking it in. You son of a bitch. You might just get this done. All right, here we go. Man is forced to participate in the rescue of a hostage by the government that has turned his residence into a refugee camp. I mean, this sounds like a very literal description of the movie uh, uh, District 9, but I don't think that's it, so I'm going to take a hint. This is a beloved animated film. Shrek. Paul, what a way to do it. What a fucking down-to-the-wire, man. Come on. All right, one hint, one hint, one last description. Let's get it, Paul. This is the top of all time upvoted bad description on explain the plot, a film plot badly. And what a doozy it is. A son motorboats his mom while the sister rides her. Then there is a little family The Incredibles. Locking it in. Let's get it. Finally, the whole thing culminates in his dad assisting with some big black penetration. (laughs) Wait, I'm trying to think, how does that one make sense? Is there a bomb or something, or a thing that he throws? I don't know. I don't really but remember what the big black penetration I didn't. Is. I didn't watch The Incredibles, like, past the age of 13, so I don't remember this. But, Paul, you are correct. Great job. What a showing. <sighs> Hell yeah! Let's go. Let's go. Uh, big facts, no cap, and get out of here. Hey, man, I've been watching this show on Hulu called Reservation Dogs, and uh, to quote them, get it. Studis. Oh, my no cap is much like Paul. I'm also a big fan of Taika Waititi. He can do no wrong. I think he's really cool. I think he's the future of cinema. And much like Adrian, um, I think everything, everywhere, all at once is a good movie. And I don't think that's an embarrassing opinion to have. Let's get out of here. Bye, y'all. How come he don't love me, man?